So I want you to turn, if you would, to John uh, chapter 8, verses 26 through 38. As we read, be uh, aware that Jesus is probably four to five months uh, from his crucifixion. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I've heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. And so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of my own authority But speak just as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, and you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. Uh, The Son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. This is God's Word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for um, this gospel. Uh, We thank you that it so clearly uh, points us to who Jesus Christ is. And Father, we need him. Uh, We need uh, the truth that he gives, uh, that we might have the freedom uh, that he gives. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be with us in these moments that we have together to look at your word, to study the things that you said uh, thousands of years ago but are relevant today. And so, Lord, we ask for your blessing, and we ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Uh, Now, if you are an observant person and you've been around Redeemer for a while, hopefully you've noticed that I always title my sermon to kind of get us in to the introduction. Kind of goes together. I hope you've noticed that. I work hard at that. But if you notice, the title today is kind of an interesting title. It's called The Freedom of Indifference. Now, it's, kind of, it's actually a philosophical term, and it's philosophers trying to deal with this issue of what freedom is. How do we know what freedom is? And there are kind of two major schools of thought. There, there's the freedom of indifference, and then there's the freedom of spontaneity. And I decided it was too hard to explain, to make my point. And so I'm just going to jump right into what I want to talk about because Jesus talks about it here in our text. 
And so what I want to talk to you about uh, this morning, a very, very important uh, topic, and I know we hear the word a lot, but is, it is, uh, what does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to be one who is actually a follower uh, of Christ? And I know if you've grown up in the church, you've heard this, uh, this phrase and this term and but, you know, it's kind of like a diamond. You always have to kind of turn it to look at it in different ways that maybe the light will catch you in ways that has not caught you before. And I'll say this. If you're not a Christian or you're not sure if you're a Christian or even if you're maybe a member of Redeemer uh, or maybe a young person who's thinking about walking out the door uh, on the gospel, then the question ends up being, what do you follow? I mean, what is it that rules your life? What, what guides your thoughts and, uh, and, and what um, affects uh, your life? Now, let me tell you why I want to ask that question. This is a very interesting text uh, if you look at the context. Now, here's why I want to look at this. If you'll notice in verse 30, after Jesus... Uh, had been teaching uh, in the passage before. It says they believed. You see that in verse 30? I want you to look at verse 30. It says um, simply that they believed after he taught. And then uh, it moves on to verse 31. Notice what it says in in verse uh, 31. Uh, In verse 31 it reads, So said Uh, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will uh, set you free. And yet in verse 37, in the same context, uh, he says to those uh, in verse 30, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, Yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. That's interesting, isn't it? So did they believe or did they not believe? Our text says they believe. Jesus is addressing them. If you you, you believe and you abide in the truth, then the truth will set you free. And then when they say, well, we're, we're, we're not slaves, then... Uh, we've never been enslaved to anyone. Uh, and Jesus says, well, if you recognize who I was, you wouldn't seek to kill me. Now, let me tell you this. I, I mean, I, what I don't want to do, I mean, it's just so easy to go, hey, you're not a good disciple and, and uh, you, you need to be more like Jesus, right? I don't want to do that. You got it? But I do want us to understand what does it really mean to follow Christ and frankly, uh, in all in our weakness. Now Jesus does say this. He says, this is what it means to be a disciple, that you will know the truth. If you're my disciple, there's such thing as truth. And that truth will set you free. But then we have to ask the question, what do we mean what do you mean by freedom? We talk about it a lot, don't we, in America? And I'm glad we do. I'm so thankful for our veterans 
uh, that have given us uh, the freedom to be able to be here and to worship together. I mean, I've been in countries where you can't really do that so freely. But usually when we think in terms of freedom, we do think it in terms of politics. And so we're very careful uh, about uh, uh, the positions that we take. Whether you are a progressive or whether you are a a conservative or whether you're libertarian, there's this idea uh, that uh, for us to have freedom, we need to do what our political party says because ultimately, uh, I think my party brings us uh, the most uh, freedom. But then the question is, what is freedom? Somebody put it this way, freedom is the fulfillment when you do what you most deeply desire. Think about it. Forget political freedom. The real freedom is when you, you and I are doing uh, what is our deepest desire. Does Does that make sense? But at the same time, what we struggle with in terms of that, that essence Uh, The reality of that is that we have different desires within us. So even if we have the freedom, as it were, to choose our desires, we know that down deep inside of us, there is this conflict that takes place. Um, I mean, I really do, honestly, I do desire to be healthier. But I also desire the plantation restaurant. And if you've never been there, call me up. We'll go. <laughs> uh, there's, there's desires that we have. We, I, might, I might desire to be, uh, to be a, a pilot like some of the, the... We have a number of members here, pilots. Of course, I'd, my wife knows I'd kill me and everybody else if I flew. But, uh, but, you know, that takes time. That takes effort. And so there, we have these conflicting desires. And even the philosophers can't deal with this because of what we're going to talk about later is, is the conscience that we have. And if you don't believe in the law of God, you have your own little rules that you're trying to live up to, aren't you? Man, I ought to be, I ought to be uh, better at this. I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't care whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. And you know what? It dominates us sometimes. And it rules us. Now let me ask you that. Is, that. is that what's going on in your life? Now especially as a Christian. When you come to church or you want to know a little bit about God or a little bit about the gospel. I mean, is it, is it to put you in a position of freedom uh, so you can go, oh wow, that's great. Grace. Ah man, I need grace. But don't talk to me about obedience. Well, she's going to talk about obedience here. And if we, if we look at grace that way, and you're coming, like, you know, if you're kind of probably never moved by the service, then you don't need grace, you need law. But you're thinking of grace as an object of something that kind of allows you to do what you want to do. So the question ends up being, how is it that we discover this true freedom that Christ wants to bring? And as your pastor, I think about this and... Man, I know I want you to be free. I want your marriage to go well. I, I, do, I want your children, to, I want them to do well. Okay. I want you to grow in grace. I want me and the staff that we, that, that, we're, that we are growing in obedience to the faith. So the question is, how does that happen? 
How does that happen in your life? And I'm going to be very practical toward the end, but let me, let me tell you, I heard somebody put it this way. The day you give up your independence and you surrender to Christ and realize how dependent you are is the day you really understand what freedom is. You, you, gotta, you just got to go, okay, I am, I am truly surrendering my life to Christ. Now, when do you do that? Well, I do think sometimes it's a point in time. Some of you have probably never done that. You're, you're not a Christian. And I can absolutely assure you that there are things that are dominating your life. And you're like a disciple to that thing. And you're following that thing. But that thing is tearing you apart. And then if we as Christians have surrendered our lives to Christ and we know the liberation that he has bought through his death and resurrection, then there is this process that we'll see that it is a daily decision, as it were, to give ourselves to him. And I think that's a real hitch for some of us. It's like, oh, you're going to tell me I need to have quiet time every day. Uh, I'm going to kind of move that way. I'm going to kind of move the way of what Jesus is saying is that you'll know the truth when you abide in me. Then you'll know the truth. So, so yeah. So here's what I want us to think about this morning. True disciples have discovered their freedom by surrendering to his reign and rule in their life. Please think about this. I, like if you come to me for counseling or you go to... Uh, to one of the counselors that we have at Redeemer, we have great counselors, and I certainly recommend it if you're hung or hooked. But if, if you're going to be fixed, if you're going for the purpose of using that so you can continue about the life you want to live or maybe you come up with a good idea to help you be a better person, then you're missing the whole point. And you'll never get better. Because ultimately, I'll tell you, you're not going to get ultimately better until you're six feet in the grave and you're glorified. So here's the three things I want to look at as we come to the Lord's table. It's only true disciples of Jesus Christ who ultimately discover their freedom. And then the second thing to see is this, that the freedom, this freedom comes only through Christ. I mean, I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know if you're visiting. I don't know the way you think. I don't know how you look at the world. But I know this. I can honestly say this, not in any arrogant way, but if you're honest with yourself, you know that you're not free. There's not the sense of joy and hope and purpose. And then the, and then the final thing is this, and this is what I want to drive toward. The reality of this freedom can only grow through obedience. Okay, so see if you're like, man, I feel like I've been hung, I've been hung, okay? Or even if you're going through the motions, but you feel like things aren't moving. Uh, you keep moving. So here's the first thing. It is only through, uh, uh, only true disciples of Jesus Christ ultimately discover this freedom. And i got to talk to you about what I mean by a true disciple because that can sound so esoteric. It can almost sound self-righteous. But look at, look at what he says in verse 31. Look at 31 again. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, 
If you abide in my word, you are true, truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we're Abraham's offspring. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Now, again, if you're visiting today, and maybe, maybe you're a believer, you're from another church. I know this. Sometimes when you hear statements like this, uh, it can almost sound like uh, a bit of arrogance, over the top. It's only true uh, disciples uh, that ultimately discover their freedom, which is true <laughs> at one level. But I think it's incumbent upon the preacher, uh, if, if he makes a statement like this or he has it in his point, is to kind of at least be able to, to somewhat look at it and go, well, uh, okay, so is Jesus addressing some needs that are actually there in our lives? And, and if you don't believe the, 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 um, the ultimate statement that he'll set you free, at least see where his heart is and that he's addressing something that's in every human heart. And you know what that, 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 at the depth of every human heart is? Is this idea of truth and freedom. I mean, the reason that is true is because uh, it, a person is created in the image of God. I mean, if you're never asking the questions of longing in your heart, then basically you've become a stoic and you no longer knows what it means to be a human being. And then sometimes God calls us into these places that are very deep in order to fetch out of us uh, what died, the longing, uh, the, the desire for meaning and the desire for purpose. Uh, it's why a person who doesn't necessarily know Christ uh, or doesn't know Christ can become cynical about the world around him because he, he or she sees no truth. All they see is everybody working their angle. This is why the guy's dating me. Uh, the girl wants my money. Uh, they're using me. But at least Jesus, you can acknowledge it, that he is acknowledging the longings of the human heart. The, the, the longing for uh, purpose and, and meaning uh, and, and freedom. Now, how do they respond to this statement? How do the Jews, or those who are disciples, uh, respond? No. <laughs> Notice what it says in verse 33. So they answered, we are Abraham's offspring and have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you uh, will become free? Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've probably heard the old saying, uh, the term living in denial. I mean, they are saying that in the midst of, of being under Roman rule. And before that, it was the, uh, the rule of Alexander the Great's sons. I can't remember the, the term. It's too fancy to say. Before that, it was the Babylonians. Before that, it was, uh, uh, let's see, the Assyrians. 
And before that, you read the book of Judges. The whole book of Judges is how because of their doing their own thing and doing what is right in their own eyes, they lived in absolute constant fear. And so when they say that, that is not true whatsoever. And maybe we say, well, you know, look, I'm, I'm pretty free. I can kind of do what I want to do. I live in America. Uh, I'm not oppressed by anybody. And, uh, and that's pretty true. If I want to go to the donut shop, I get my car and I, I go up there to Dunkin' Donut, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, you know what? A couple of weeks ago, my wife took me to get a pedicure. This is an aside. I'm thinking about doing that. Now I have another temptation. I like that. But anyhow, I digress. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we have these freedoms. Yeah, I mean, you have the freedom, right? Maybe, maybe you've finally gotten where you need to be financially that, that you can build the house of your dreams. And, uh, and, so, and so, but it ends up kind of being something that dulls What's really going on that Jesus wants to get at, and until you understand that, you are never, ever going to be a disciple. Because uh, Jesus' uh, response uh, to that is, uh, whoever sins is a slave to sin. Again, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah, I, wish to, I wish I could meet every one of you. Come up to my office and let's talk. Know what's going on in your life. Because I, I'm pretty convinced that many of you, whether you're Christian or not, you've latched on to something that has not brought freedom. It brings slavery. It's kind of uh, the pathologies that we have. The fears that we have. Uh, the indifference that we have. I mean, addicted to mediocrity. But you see, Jesus is addressing the problem of sin. And if we are in sin, we are not free. You're in bondage to it. And it might not be uh, some sin of uh, sexual immorality, which even though that's a big deal today and a lot, a lot of people are hooked into this, I'm just telling you. Or it, it, might, it, it might not even be the, the, the sin of uh, covetousness. It might just simply be uh, uh, the sin of unbelief. And what is ultimately unbelief? That we are not submitting our being and our hands and our feet and all to Christ because it's when you give up your independence that you discover your dependence upon him is freedom. I mean, I don't know how to say it any clearer. But I can tell you this, as a minister of the gospel and one who has known Jesus Christ for so long, I know this. He wants you to know the truth about yourself. That's why God gave the law is to begin to reveal to you the depths of your sin. So that you might not come to Christ and say, help me with this. But you're going to come to him and say, I need to be saved. I need salvation in this moment today. That's where it begins, you see. And so only true disciples uh, will know this freedom. 
Now, the next question is, where does this freedom come from? Now, this is a simple point, and I won't spend much time on this. It comes through Jesus. Oh, okay, Jesus, right? It comes through Christ, and it comes through him alone. Now, where do we see this? Notice in verse 34 and 36, after they uh, said that they, they're not you know, slaves to anyone. And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. And what an astounding statement, right? I mean, imagine somebody comes off the street and says, hey, if you, uh, if you believe me, I'm going to set you free. And I'm, I am the truth. And I'll set you free. It's a very astounding statement. But if we begin to admit that all our freedoms have led us uh, to our pathologies, uh, discovering that money can help but it can't save uh, you su- d- discover that therapy can help, but it can't save. Our spouses uh, can del- deliver us in some ways, but cannot save us. The self-help books Jesus is telling us. Uh, he, is only, he is the only one that can save. I mean, I, like, I, read, I, don't, I don't say self-help books. I read books on leadership. One of the best books you ought to get, The Ordering Your Private World. It's a great book. No, 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 not that one. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Maybe you've read that. Uh, it's written by Mormon, but it's got a lot of truths in it. I like to read these books. But you know what? What I've discovered over the years is I just can't quite do them. <laughs> and you're trying, you know, you're, you're doing it because I need to be a better pastor. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better father. I need to get my act together. And so you read these books, but you know, that's why they're called self-help books. They're not called savior books. Because you see, the realities of sin is so deep, it has us in bondage. And even after you come to Christ, we see those chains wanting to come back on. And it's slavery, isn't it? And you say, well, I'm not a slave. And I know it's hard for us to understand this language, and i got to get it out of there and bring it today. You know, they knew what a slave was. If you were a slave, you didn't sleep in the house. If you were a slave, nobody, uh, nobody said, hey, listen, uh, um, why don't you come over and spend a weekend and we eat pizza and watch TV? They were served. And you know what? Not only that, Uh, They were to perform. And they lived in fear of punishment or being cast out. Because at least as a slave, they could get crumbs from the table. At least as a slave, they could have a meal. And let me tell you what it means to be slavery for you. Is you're never good enough. You can't perform enough. Uh, those who make four O's are upset that somebody else made a four O and got extra points on, on. Uh, We have a lot of doctors. I'm looking at doctors. You should be great doctors. 
But, you know, the reality is there's always something to do in there. There's always some test to take, something to keep up with, some other doctor. Um, and so we, we live this performance-based life. Let me ask you, do you do that? I mean, do you live in fear of whether the money's going to be there? That my boss is going to fire me if I make one bad step? Do you live in fear when you go uh, somewhere uh, that somebody is going to talk behind your back or you're not accepted among the crowd and people think you're weird or whatever it may be? Do you understand that slavery? So what does it mean to be free from that? Well, here I come in uh, to tell you what Jesus says. He says, the son lives in the house forever. You know why? Because he knows exactly where he stands. He's in the home. He's the son. And so Jesus says, uh, you don't have to be a slave. And so that Jesus comes into this world and he, he, he does. He gives up this inheritance and becomes bankrupt because of all the stuff we don't perform, the things we don't do. I mean, seriously, if, if you can go weeks and weeks and weeks and not understand that your sins crucified Christ, my sins crucified Christ, and never even kind of blink an eye at what it cost for him, for us to be able to not be slaves, but to be free, free. then, you know, I'm not going to say we're not Christians, but I can say this, then you, we're not, we're, we're not, well, I'm not at point three yet. We're not thinking about it a lot. So let me give you one illustration because I want to get something in about Adoption Sunday. I know I've said this before, but, but before I move my last point, you know, at the time of Christ, you could get rid of your own son or daughter if you had them. But if, if you could write them out of the inheritance, but if you adopted one, a boy or girl, if you adopted them, sorry, my, my thing's come up. If you adopted them, you know what? You couldn't get rid of them. They had to get the inheritance. You know why? Because you couldn't choose your biological children. But you chose the, the child you adopted. And so really the scripture is teaching us that Christ has come. And through his work, we're not natural children. We have to come through Christ, through the inheritance. And, and when you've entered in and you're adopted in the family, you're talking about security to really change and to grow in your faith. It's when you know without a doubt that you're not going to kick out of the family. Let the law say what it says to you. Let somebody else say, hey, you know what? You're so screwed up. And you say, really? Tell me about it. And then they tell you how screwed up you are. And you're going, well, okay. Tell me, hey, tell me what I don't know. But, but is that all you have? Let me tell you, there's a, if you really knew me the way my Father in heaven knows me, you would not like me. Now, I'm going to ask you, are you... Okay, that sounds great, and you've probably heard it before. Here's the question. Is it beginning to be needed into your life? Is that the right term? Need put in your life. Well, here's the, here's the important one. The last thing to say is this. True disciples uh, are ultimately discover freedom. The, the freedom comes through Christ. 
But finally, the, the, the reality of the freedom can only grow through obedience. I, I hate to tell you that. See, you ever wonder why you're stuck at the same place? Um, somebody has said this, that uh, obedience is the stick that stirs all the other means of grace. Prayer, Bible study, fellowship, worship. It's great to worship together, isn't it? It's great to read your Bible. But you know what? We're called to be obedient. We are called, because we're free, to be like him. You see, if God, God's a person, and if you enter into a relationship with a person, it's like a marriage. And you don't treat marriage like a duty. Or you won't be married long if you use that person. And if we use God, I mean, if, I, if, if all we ever come to God is, oh, I need grace. Thank you, God. You know what? God is like a chair. He's an object that you can use when you need it. But true life is not when you're using God, but when he's using you. You say, where do you see this in the text? Well, it's in two places. First off, it's in verse 37. I know that you're offspring, you're offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word, my word finds no place in you. I mean, I, in other words, you got all this other stuff that's in there. You got this, you got that, and you're busy, and you got this, but there's no way that God's word can penetrate your heart because you are so filled with fun or bitterness or anger rather than it's all been empty through repentance and your heart is open to receive his word. Now, there's a more important verse. Uh, and it's uh, in verse... Where is it? Yeah, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him... If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, the only way, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I can remember as a young man, when I first became a Christian, I'm reading, I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to study, and this and that and the other. And man, it just seemed like it's day in, it's day out, it can be boring, uh, you know, wait a minute, God, I had all this joy and experience and I felt this power. Now I don't feel, feel anything. I just, I'm just reading the word and I'm praying and I'm asking you to do these things. You know what's really interesting when it talks about to abide in the word? Let me tell you what it means. It literally means to settle down, to settle in. It's like any good marriage. It's not like all the time in marriage, it's like, oh, man, I, I can't, I, I just love being married in life because you'd wear you out probably, you know, you'd be so tired going here and yonder and having a great time and going to Europe. Uh, 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 but it really, that's, you know, most of it, and it is, is not most marriage. It's like, okay, I'm going to love my wife and I'm going to love my husband and I'm going to obey my parents. You see, abiding in the word and fellowshipping with Christ, that's when you begin to be set free. Because his word begins to come in you. And when you read his word, like I've been reading through the Proverbs, you can't just not obey it. Well, you can. But if you're not reading it, you're not thinking about it, you're not studying it, then you know what? 
you're not going to obey because you don't know it. Who are his disciples? They're the ones who are understanding more and more that if I go that way and follow that desire, it is not going to bring freedom. It's not going to bring freedom. But as I see what God intends, that you know what? I'm not supposed to lie. No matter what the consequences are, but, but there's more freedom in being truth-telling and facing the consequences than it is being a liar and saying you're a Christian. So how do we deal with this? Well, well, because he's always there. You're in the house. Um, and so there's this wonderful uh, encouragement to be obedient. And all that simply means is that you're taking your life every day and you're submitting to Christ. I know that's hard to hear, right? That, that's hard to hear. But don't you know that there's joy and freedom in obedience rather than following the desires of your heart that needs more grace later? How about grace helping you in your obedience so that we might be the people of God and trust, trusting in him together? The day uh, of your freedom is when you realize your dependence upon him alone. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, and we pray that you would uh, bless now as we come to communion. Lord, we... <laughs> We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the true Israelite. Uh, None of us are the men and women we should be. But we thank you that all you require of us is to come to you and ask for the truth and to know that the truth will indeed set us free. And uh, so, Lord, we just ask for your continued grace in our lives and grace as a church. And uh, so, Lord, as we come to the Lord's table, we pray that you would just to cause us to understand the gospel yet once again uh, and, and, and uh, to submit uh, to you and, and your lordship. And we ask it in your name. Amen.